Welcome crew to What Are Your 3, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, some honorable mentions, future game they're looking forward to, and some other odds and ends to have a good video game discussion. I'm Dan Tucker. With me as always is El Ray. What's going on everybody? Today's guest, you can see him all over C3 really. You see him doing Rocket League. He plays all kinds of games. You see him on the Dad Gaming. He streams. It's c3.gg slash Connor F. Also known to everyone as the trash doc what is going on what is going on l ray and dan tucker thank you for having me we're happy to have you here i also should say because i didn't mention it he is the host of the trash talk sports on the let's talk sports youtube channel so make sure you're checking that out especially by the time this airs you you know we're gonna be in the middle of getting ready for the super bowl so it's gonna be a lot of opinions on that before we get into the top three games here i have to say when I think of Trash Talk, I think of Rocket League. It's like the first thing that pops in my head. And I feel like every time we have a Rocket League person on the show, their game list is all over the place. Like I feel like everyone that plays Rocket League is like hiding all these great games that they actually love playing. And Rocket League just is just kind of cast on top of it here. So we start. Here we go. Game number one. And I'm going to... I looked up videos to try and pronounce this correctly because I've, I've never heard of it. East 8... You got an East okay. 8, yeah. Right. Uh, East Lacrimosa, 8. Of, of Ghana. And it is pronounced Ghana, not Dana. I saw I saw that. So yeah, I watched <laughs> gameplay videos to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So you have it listed as the all-time favorite game. Yes. And so I'm going to start with, have you played other games in this series? Or did this one just catch you and like you just loved everything about it? So... East 8 is the first one that I played. I remember seeing before it came out just the way the game looked, the way the combat looked, the graphics, everything else. It looked amazing. Like my style of game that I would like to play. So it was the first one that I played. I played others. I played uh, Chronicles 1 and 2. I played 7. I played 9. And I played um, another one that I can't remember off the top of my head. But I have played several of them, yes. Are you... Um, so why, why is this one? Why is this your favorite game of all time? So... This one's always fun to explain because the story the story is really good. The story is not actually not what makes this game. Whereas typically in an RPG, a lot of times it's the story that makes the game. The story is good. Um, you start out playing as adult Kristen, like you do in any other East game. You're on a ship, you're going somewhere, ship gets destroyed by a giant octopus squid looking thing. Up on this ancient first island, right? Typical line for a video game or even a movie, right? You see it time and time again. Honestly, it's gameplay, it's the cast of characters. It is the visuals. Everything about this game is notch. And so I can tell people, even when you're trying to 100% complete it, for those last few items that you need does not feel like a chore because the gameplay, that the combat is so well done. It's so much fun. It's always a good time to get that perfect dodge, that perfect block. Basically slow down the enemy and then you just chop away and hack away at them. It's a good time. And it's got three endings. Oh, I didn't. That one, that part I didn't know that it has three endings. So they, I know this one because there's a bunch of them in the series, but I heard this is one of the ones that you can actually change characters in the middle of combat with all the different party. So do you find yourself switching characters like often to match up to get the right attacks in? Or is did you prefer a certain character because you kind of just like the the uh, the attack style that it had? How, how'd you so go back time, with the combat system? A lot of times you do end up switching around unless you're just in a horde of enemies and you don't feel like trying to look at each one of which what's their weakness. So very similar to like our emblems combat system. We basically have a triangle and like Strong attacks are good against faster attack or faster attacking enemies. Faster attacking enemies are better against the more balanced, like that, where it's this triangle attacks. And if you're coming up to a boss, you want to know which 
style character you want to use, which one you have on your team to you know progress and make it fun. So this one had you have the main story, like you said, with uh with Adol, but there was uh like a secondary character, which was was that like almost did it feel like almost like a separate game part? Because I know she's like more puzzle based, right, as opposed to kind of doing the story. Yeah, so Donna's her game is constantly going back between the past and the present, connected through time and through the Tree of Life. Another really fun aspect of the game too, the way those two characters finally come together, both in the present time, trying to defeat the enemy of this island. I love Siren. And so, did you did you one hundred percent the game? Because you talked about it going through it. Did you actually find all the items? Do you still go back and play it, even if you've kind of finished it all up? I play this game at least once a year to completion. Oh, you go through the whole thing once a year. Ew. Oh wow! Okay. No, the, the the middle ending. So it's got like a it's, it's like a bad ending of. Ending mm-hmm. and that good ending. Okay. The middle ending is actually my favorite. I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone. I like the way they ended the game on that storyline. What determines the ending that you get? Is it a completion percentage? Is it a difficulty level? How how does that go about? Based on I remember exactly how it's worded in the game. Basically how much everyone lacks at Adolf. Good for everyone in this little village that you create, little side quest. The approval rating, that's it. It all depends on his approval rating. Determines what level of ending you get. What what prompts the annual replays? Like a specific time of year comes up, like all right, it's time to break it out, or is it just like, hey, you you got that RPG funk, you want to get it, get back into it? What what happens there? It's just something I've done. Yeah, with there's just times you're There's like, I, I really get the bug, I get the bug, and it's time, crack it open. I, I just I get the bug, and I just want to play it again, and I will I'll beat it, and it'll take me probably about a week and a half, two weeks. It's about forty fifty hour game. Nice. I'm closer to 60 when you're trying to learn everything, but once you know everything, it pushes it down to about 40, 45 right in there. All right, well, let's move to game two, NASCAR 2005, Chase for the Cup. What's interesting about this, I mean, you know, EA's been in and out through the years, but I was really intrigued by this one specifically. One, timing timing for you on this is perfect, right? Uh, you know, big NASCAR guy to begin with, and you know, obviously uh, a, a big week for that discussion is uh, you know, we're locking that up here, but multiple top 10 racing game lists have this specific year of nascar on there so tell me like so tell me about this first of all it's second on your your list here you know tell me how it up on the list here and tell me how does it end up in the the hall of fame for racing games for so many people oh honestly 2005 is actually an underrated nascar game a lot of people love 2004 people talk about 2000 nine but for bad reasons but 2005 does go on the radar but it's the second nascar game that i know of to my knowledge since uh daytona you start out in a lower rate series when you're playing the my career mode out in the featherlight modified and then you have to work your way up into the trucks at the time nationwide series now known as the xfinity series the cup series and through that you can race for better teams you can actually replace top name drivers like i've played i've taken over kevin harvick's ride in the xfinity series cup side i've taken over tony stewart's car jeff gordon's car so all fun to build your way up in there the ai driving one of the best in the entire nascar uh, series Par there with 04 which a lot of people do love the ai don't just drive stupidly you know they're actually so is is this just like ea was crushed i mean you got madden 04 you got nascar the 0405 stretch here i feel like ea was really uh they had it they had it going in the beginning of the aughts there and uh you know slip but you know so how this work what was your favorite part of that was career was it just kind of running races was there an online mode for this one because that was that was right around when online was starting to pop off tell me what, what was your what was your main type of play here 
I'm not sure if there was online. I was on GameCube and I had no friends. So yeah, we, I, yeah, we talked online, before. Ga- GameCube was sneaky with online. Some things were, some things weren't. It it, I don't even think they ever released an LAN after Evo. No, no, no. They would have had to because actually Star Online. So they would have had they, to. Re- they, they did. It wasn't. Online, I don't right. think it was very well used, but they did. But um, no. So, but to so answer your question, actually, career mode. I always did career mode, usually on hard mode too, and I love it because what's great is now I can say I pulled a real life NASCAR move in the game. As at Martinsville this year, uh, the second to last race, Ross Chastain just drove it, turns uh, three and four, like against the wall, just driving it way into the championship race. And something that was always just said to be a video game move is now a real life move that happened. Uh, it's always fun to pull off those real life moves in a video game. I can now say. Does EA need to get back get back into this? Where where are we at? What do you, what do you want to see? Yeah, because that's I'm going to just say it's 18 years ago now, which is ridiculous. I would say yes. Um, but EA here recently, I haven't played a whole lot of EA games personally. A lot of how they've really gotten into a lot of the microtransactions, and I'm afraid if they got back into a game like NASCAR, they would hold a lot behind a paywall. Yeah, there's so a lot of like the Madden Ultimate Team and. Them. Yeah, I mean, hockey and hockey and Madden are my two, and there's a lot of the ultimate team card game type stuff that I feel like they'd probably get into there. Yeah, or if they're like, oh, you want to drive for a top team, right? You want to drive Chase Elliott's car in my career mode, or you want to drive Joey Logano's, who's my favorite driver. They'd be like, okay, cool, you can do that if you purchase this DLC pack in order to be able to unlock the ability to race in those cars in my career mode, which would make no sense. That's not, well, okay, I guess that's kind of how real life works now, but... For the most part, that's not the way it should work. Well, let's move to game three. And the time before DLC, though, this game, this uh, pair of games really was just a giant DLC in and of itself as uh, Nintendo was riding high on the Pokemon wave of, why have one game when you can put out two for twice the price? I kid about that. But you know, let's talk about Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Seasons. This was not a Nintendo-developed game for anybody who's not familiar. This was actually a subsidiary of... Capcom called Flagship put together a pair of games and I, I think there was actually going to be a third game at one point also tied to it but they they ran out of time or money or a little bit of both so they, they they scrapped it brought it down to two and I'm glad you're shaking your head so I'm not totally talking out of my rear end on this one is that this was this was a dark period for me from a handout like I, I didn't do the Game Boy like I had a Game Gear I I, I did not partake in a Game Boy I, you know I got a hold of a Game Boy Advance so I'm, I'm starting to play my way through through some of these now here but I'm going to ask, first of all, how'd this end up number three on the list? Let's start there. Then I got a couple other questions for you. So the reason this ended up number three, I love the mainline Zelda games, but there was something special about Oracle of Ages, Oracles. And it's not because they were my first Zelda games. I don't really have that nostalgia feel for them that you would think you would. I love playing them. The characters are great. The world is great. The gimmick items are a lot of fun as well, between the Harp of Ages and the Harp of, and the Rod of Seasons. But um, yes, to clarify what you said, it was supposed to be three games. It was supposed to be the Mystical Seed of Courage, Mystical Seed of Wisdom, and Mystical Seed of... Power, probably. Courage, Usually Courage, Wisdom, power. and Power. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Jeez, I cannot believe I brain farted that hard. <laughs> That's okay. No judgment. I get that Triforce. It was supposed to be three games, and it was due to a time constraint. That It was a mix of time constraint and trying to connect three games, the way they connected the two, was going to be way too difficult on the Game Boy Color's ability to do things, basically. 
And so uh, Mystical Seed of Power, they basically took it and turned it into Oracle Seasons. Wisdom became Ages. They just kind of let uh, Mystical Seed of Courage just kind of go by the wayside. But yes, it was supposed to be three games in it originally. So there were a lot of fun mechanics with the game, yeah, like seasons. You know, the layout of areas would be different based on the season in question. You know, w- was that frustrating? Was that fun? I mean, they're, they're always putting... What, what I was most impressed with this from everything I've seen about this is... Everything after the original Legend of Zelda, as much as people like to dislike Breath of the Wild because it strays too far, every single Zelda game has done something to stray <laughs> to stray into its own territory. And I felt like, you know, this game again, while not developed by Nintendo, with the the way they broke it out, with the way the seasons change, and, and with the way the changes are in the game, yeah, guess what? That's the same way every Zelda game rolled here. How were the mechanics, first of all? As far as some of those things go, was it was it fun? Was it challenging? Was it a time suck? Where where did you stand on all that? It was fun, and for I was in fifth grade when I started playing this game, so I was probably eleven. Either way, I was a stupid little kid, right? I didn't know too much, how to do much. So it was fun and it was challenging. Talk about the seasons aspect first. And that was really cool because once you fully unlock the power of the Rado seasons, going into the underground world, going to the temple, different parts of it, unlocking the different powers i had which are the four seasons really turn any area of the map into any season and it's a really cool puzzle concept aspect because you don't see it very often in games anymore if ever we're have to change the season to make snow fall or to make a pile of leaves or whatever in order to advance and that was such a fun gimmick i love it and the same for oracle of ages too or there are times we have to go into the past to change one little thing that we could advance in the present. So that was the next question. Did you have both? And basically to, I don't want to say, again, I you know not to veer into spoiler territory if anybody can get their hands on it, but basically you can't really do the or full game without having both, right? Correct. Um, I mean, you could play through either game, but in order to unlock the, I guess the final two bosses, if you will. To be, so let's say you beat Oracle of Ages first. The game, it gives you a code. Open up Oracle Season 2 game. Enter that code. I believe it starts you with an extra heart, maybe two. And then you play through the Oracle of Seasons, the second one. And that's how you unlock the final two bosses being spoilers. But these games are so old, who cares about spoilers, right? Rova and being Ganon. Let's move on to honorable mentions. One of three games that were right next up on the list. And we're going to roll through these. It's, it's- I find these so funny the way they're they're ordered. The first one on the list, Tetris. So like original Tetris. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. original Tetris. Tetris ninety nine. Where wh- what Tetris? Where's the Tetris? Um, I would say OG Tetris, but I didn't have it on the NES. I only had it on my Game Boy Pocket. Uh, but I will still say OG Tetris. It's basically the exact same game. Difference hours and hours playing Tetris. I would compete with my mom. I would compete with my grandmother. Who could get the high score? I always won. I was weirdly good at Tetris as a kid. It's like being a dad, though. I can't piece things together in a puzzle like I could as a kid. But I was great at it as a kid, yeah. To this day, I love it. I play, um, play Tetris 99 on Switch. Tetris Connect. Game Pass, really good. Visually, it's trippy as all get out. They're cool graphics, but it's visually trippy. The music is awesome. Love Tetris. The original was way more unforgiving than these new iterations are. Like with 99, you get that little bit of wiggle room to shift to the side. No, you get nothing. The second there is contact, you are locked. And I, I still, still, I have to think about the fact that you can do that in 99 because I'm still not used to it playing 99 since it came out. I want to try and drop a piece perfect, and I'll forget that you can spin it after it makes contact too. Yeah, you don't. I won't do T spins because I got a T spin. Do that. 
It's all it's gotta all about get, the T-spin in 99. You get a bonus there, but no, not not the original. Gotta get those T-spins it's, it's a great game. I recommend Cetus Connect. Visually, like I said, it's trippy as all get out. It looks fantastic. The visuals and the music all go together in beat and in sync, and it's just a lot of fun. I, I recommend that one. It's on Game Pass. We keep rolling with these puzzle games here. Dr. Mario, next one on the list. This uh, Super Nintendo Dr. Mario, or was it Nintendo 64 Dr. Mario, which is very... It's, I'm, I'm splitting hairs here between the two. Either. Stick him in that Game Boy? I just want to see the confused look on LRA's face for a second. No, the NES. Yeah, I see. He said Super Nintendo in there. I was oh, I did say Super Nintendo. That's right. <laughs> I, I knew it's what he, so I knew he meant. I just wanted to scream him for a second. But, um, Listen, all those games, those games don't even exist. N64 one is good. It did not capture the magic of the original Dr. Mario. And, you know, I'm still really mad at Nanner for giving it one star. I think he's a bad, bad person for doing that. I'm still mad at him. I'm just saying other words, but, you know, we got the younglings to think about watching this. Anyway, otherwise I'd really mention how I feel. No. Dr. Mario, again, another classic game, another puzzle game. I, to this day, I love my puzzle games. And Dr. Mario's, felt like, it felt like to me like Tetris mixed with Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, almost. I actually played it after I played both of those games. The process of just seeing these little colored viruses felt like Mean Bean Machine to me. For me, just getting to watch critters die on the screen was fun. Because you're throwing pills at them. But yeah, it's a, the, the, maybe that's why I went into medicine. Just because I like watching germs die to pills. I don't know. You're right. There are a lot of games that kind of fit that same mold, and that's one of them for sure. Do you have any memory of the highest like difficulty level that you would beat it at? Was it a game that you played really oh. fast, or did you play like an endless mode? I, I don't even know if I ever made it to like level ten speed on that game. Honestly, it just never. It's still to this day, my brain cannot wrap itself around the concept of the game, but I still love it. Listen, I try to just, play that like. And I'll just play instantly. Just go to the Nintendo NES online. They have as one of their special editions the final level of Dr. Mario. Just do it, because I, I never earned my way to it. I'm I'm kind of curious to see if I can, in fact, go back and mm-hmm. uh, and do Dr. Mario cleanly through because there's actually an ending to that one, but pop it on NES. Get the special, you know, the special version on there. Unlock it and play it. Just go for it. I would trash talk though. That there's something about that game that I can't wrap my head around putting the pills in the, the correct color in the right spot. Like I'll, I'll play the easiest level. I, I screw that game up all the time. I well, just, it's, it's the I, drops. The drops get you compared to Tetris, where you don't have the drops, but you have to factor. Hey, the color. Which colors are you working to the sides? Okay, if I'm sending the blues to the left, the reds to the right, the yellows are in the middle. That way, when the reds drop, you you've got to plan like five moves ahead in a weird way. And there's other times where like, okay, so if I drop my my blue here on the right, I've got a little gap underneath and I'll send the blues under the, like the, the layers of activity in Dr. Mario could get really funky and there's not a rhyme or reason to it. it. You're at the whim of whatever's being spit at you. So it's not like, you know, a lot of like the older games where, Hey, there's a specific pattern to this. And if you just follow the play and do ABC on this timing, Nope, you're getting whatever you get, Dr. Mario. And I'm sure there's someone out there who's yelling at their, <laughs> whatever device they're listening to uh, right now telling me that there is a pattern that I'm just not aware of, but I don't care. doesn't count. <laughs> I will say real quick. I know Nanner's yelling because just because we're talking about Dr. Mario and good things about it. Um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say, the mobile game is pretty fun. too. if y'all haven't tried that one, uh, they did make a mobile yeah. Dr. Mario game. It's pretty fun. 
I I couldn't I couldn't get into that one with the way it strayed too far from the original. I liked the way that it kind of like flowed and floated and you're, you're moving stuff. It was interesting. I just didn't get hooked on that the same way. Like I, I gave that one a shot. Uh, not, not at all. Not in the same way, but it was, it was still, it's fun to be had for that's at a time. Maybe, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a different, it's, it's, a, a, it's a different, uh, it's a different dynamic strategy play style than, than the original, but it's, it's worth, if you haven't checked it out, Hey, guess what? It's free. Check it out. Unless you're manner then don't. I'm going to, I'm going to quit crabbing on the Tra- tra- I just say, Trash Talk is developing Nanner, just so we're clear. Not the enemy of the podcast, but apparently it is Connor. It's the enemy of Trash it Talk. Is, it is Trash Talk's enemy of the podcast. All right, let's How go one more. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen. Let's go with one more. kick him off for that, okay? That 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 was a direct affront to Joel. So if Joel didn't kick him off, we can let it go. One more in our honorable mentions, you know, and one more puzzle game, obviously, Rocket League, the biggest puzzle of them all. We got we to gotta mention Rocket League. Tell us, tell, tell us everything about Rocket League. What's it mean to you? Before I do that, um, you said one thing. I got a question for you, Elright. This is the biggest puzzle of them all. Is it because I had it at my number two and then I moved it down? Or is that the puzzle you, you were trying to figure you out? You moved it. The game itself is a puzzle. My head feels like a puzzle when, when I jump, but all the other cars jump higher than me every time. It's so many reasons. Why is it when I'm playing as a brand new player that I got people doing triple flips off the ceiling? That's what I want to know. The game, everybody jumps higher than me at all times. But what does it mean to you? It doesn't matter what I think right now. Rocket League. Um, let me start about this one. Remember, before it became free, I remember hearing people talk about it. I remember seeing it on store shelves, right? At the time, all I had was a Switch, okay? They eventually start playing the game on Switch. I'm sorry right. for you. I'm sorry. Right? I remember thinking, but cars. That is just so stupid. I would, I, no. Um, is it 20 bucks a GameStop on Switch? Yeah. Is it going to be stupid? I'm not going to play it. Screw that. Game free to play, and I'm like, I'll play this stupid sounding game. Play it. Whatever. I'll probably be bored of it in five minutes. This is dumb. This is fun. And it was just that moment of realizing, yep, that's why I was told, always told as a kid, don't judge a book by its cover. And it's just such a skill-based game. And usually... Usually I do get kind of bored of those because I have horrible hand-eye coordination. I really do. But like 2022, all last year, I was like silver two in all the comp modes. The main three, threes, twos, and ones. And I ended the year uh, three and threes, diamond one and twos, and gold three and ones. So that was skill. And I've started getting into, and I'm taking a break right now, but I started getting into free play more. So that's what everyone says, right? Go and get better, go to free play. I'm like, what do I even do in free play? All I do is go around and hit the ball. I'm learning nothing. And, um, I'm watching one of Jay videos. How to practice in free play. How to, what to do in free play. I was like, hold on. Okay, so let me actually focus on one skill. And the start of his video on that one was he take it from the kickoff to the corner, to one of the corners, and then you try and hit it in the net from there. Just reset. I started doing that, and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see the benefit now of actually practicing one specific skill. I started practicing, you know, hang it off the wall. Practicing a little bit of speed flips. I start working more on like flip resets and stuff like that. And really just, it's one of those games, if you get too caught up in the competitiveness of it, which I did, and that's why I'm taking a break. I am burnt out from it right now. If you caught up in the competitiveness of it, you're not going to enjoy it for long. Sit back, relax, go into free play, listen to some music. It's a good time. Even if you're working on one specific skill for an hour, or just, you're like, you're thinking, 
I'm going to be bored out of my gourd if I sit here and practice one skill for an hour. Put on your favorite music, put on your headphones. Oh, find your Zen mode. Should a good time even just to do that, honestly. So yeah. you've been hoping. You've hosted some of the Dad Gaming Tuesday tournaments, right? Or at least you've been part of the. Uh, so you've been doing right. the uh, the Dad Gaming uh, streams, and you're part of the uh, the casting crew. So how's that? Uh, how's that been? Casting for the Dad Gaming has been an amazing experience. You definitely see the game from a whole new perspective when you have the opportunity. And sitting here talking to me, like y'all are listening, like the people are going to. Yes, they will accept you even if you have a funny Texan accent. All right, they'll get in there and still do it. You still have fun with it the prettiest talker out there but um sorry about that it's about having fun having a good time really what the dad gaming is about that that's what joel really took from the dad gaming and brought over to c3 it's just having a good time doing what we're doing right which is just playing video games friends and it's just such an awesome experience that he actually managed to take that part and it translated so perfect and yeah you've got eggs in cdg right Oh, Dan, one time you talked about in Discord, I believe it was Gargata, but uh, he tagged everyone one week for the rec league that he does over there. And someone just went off on him because he tagged everyone. He got those bad seeds, but really it's something we haven't seen yet in C3. I know we're still small, and I know it's going to build, and it's going to happen. Just just like I said, I'm rambling on this one. But like I said, just the way the aspect of everyone's just here to have fun. Everyone's just here to play video games. good you are, how bad you are. I started with Rocket League, and I joined TDG right around the time I started playing Rocket League, too. And I was determined to the silver. I started casting as a gold. I like, it's not the rank that matters. As long as you're having fun, having a good time, that's truly what matters. The energy that comes on that collective cast, like, I, I had a similar story to yours. Like, Rocket League was free on PlayStation back in the day, so it just went right into the library, and I paid zero attention to it. It came back as free to play. I paid zero attention to it. I started watching the cast with them, and like I, I try to pick up the game once in a while. Hint, hint. Guess what's going to happen this week? And it's going to be over by the time they hear this podcast the week after. But someone brought Rocket League back out into the challenges for the week again. So guess what I'm going to have to go do again? But it, it doesn't matter. The, the point I was actually trying to get to is, regardless of you know whether you're you're in there or the whoever it is is casting, it's just plain fun. Like the energy's there. It's a it's a blast watching. Regardless of your personal investment, I don't like soccer. Rocket League is fun enough, but I just like watching the casts of that thing. <laughs> like it's just it's just plain fun. It's you know good clean entertainment. But anyway, I digress. And like you said, I, I don't like soccer either. I hate watching soccer. To be honest, I don't think it's boring. Hockey is much better, right? Even though we have been watching the show on Apple TV called Ted Lasso, that's pretty hilarious. Great show, yeah. <laughs> um, it's soccer, awesome, but I brought up it's soccer based, but no. I'm, that's one of the reasons I thought Rocket League would be stupid. I'm like, it's soccer. Like, you can't even dribble it around someone. What? This concept is stupid. Yeah. And then I go, oh, wait, I can get dribbled on? Now I oh. get it. I was wrong. Now I get it, yeah. All right, now we're going to move into the future and talk about a game you're looking forward to. You gave us a few to pick from and said, hey, go ahead and surprise you. We have picked Octopath Traveler 2 as the discussion point here. The original has a 4.5 rating. By the time this airs, which, uh, you know, will be not this week, but the week after from our recording, only got a couple of weeks left. This bad boy is coming at us uh, pretty quickly here. I feel like uh, this was not a not a, a three-year development cycle. I know rumors were floating for a while, but I feel like this was a pretty quick one. It wasn't like, oh, we got to wait until 2024, 2025. So, so talk to me, Octopath Traveler 2, what you looking forward to here? As long as it does a lot of what the first game did, I'll be happy. I don't, honestly, Octopath is, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. Octopath is the perfect JRPG. 
I don't think there's an argument. They, 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 they crushed it. They nailed it with this one. So, no, there's well-executed well, yeah, there's stories. Be with, there's a lot of people because it's going to come out with me with Chrono, uh, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VII, you're good. You're, I'm sure there's others. That, I'm not. The, you're not. This is not a bad take. As a as a proponent of all of those, not nah, not a bad take. But no, Octopath. And here's why I say it's the perfect JRPG, right? And it's not just the beautiful 2.5D graphic. The fact that they took storylines. Either one, none of them are a miss. Either they're all a win. Combat is amazing. The fact that you can build up boost to do four intro attacks. You also have to be careful because that can backfire on you. Planning, you have to do perfection. The combat is perfection. If you play the game to completion, which I have not done yet, I do know how the game ends if you try to do everything. Uh, ish, I know I know general idea what's going to happen. I haven't done it yet. I've not spoiled it for myself. So one that hopes to do it. But I know that all eight storylines come together, and that's all I'm going to say, mainly because that's all I know. But the fact that they managed to do that, again, like it's hard enough for some companies to get one storyline correct eight different storylines that you're trying to meld together and you do it works. How can you not say it's, how can you not say it's at least near perfect? All right. I've got one more before I kick it to Ray for the final question. We're going to talk through a quest, a question from the channel three history books for you to discuss for us. This is one we surprise you with. We don't give you a heads up. What we wanted to talk about with you is we're wrapping up January channel three game of the year. You picked one that was a, a late entrant in the calendar year last year. You picked Sonic Frontiers. Tell us about that being uh, your game of the year last year. It's no secret that Sega has struggled 3D Sonic games. Right? You've got Adventure, Adventure 2, everything else, basically. Um, Heroes had its fun moments. I remember standing remember standing or playing Sonic Heroes. I remember back in the day, they had the TV set up, and you could, play the, you could demo the games in Walmart. i got to say that because I know some of our younger viewers, they don't know what I'm talking about. They think I'm a crazy old man when I say I'm standing in Walmart playing a GameCube game. I was standing in Walmart playing a GameCube game. It had its moments. Sonic Forces has its moments. Generations has its moments. Had its moments. But Sonic Forces start to finish was just amazing. Um, only thing I didn't really care for too much was Sonic's voice. I feel like they try to make him almost sound fair, if you will, or too old, or his voice was too deep. I just That was a slight miss for me, but other than that, start to finish was great. And what I really like is the way I did it. What I really like is the fact that I played through the whole game on normal mode, right? And I was like, this game feels incomplete. The ending don't feel right. Gone. So I did a quick Google search. Oh, great. You have to beat the game on hard mode. Then I'm like, hold on. Odd hair idea, right? Let me try to just beat the final boss on hard mode. See what happens. Unlocks the true final boss, which I thought that was a nice touch where you don't have to play through the whole game on hard. You just, if you're like me, you like it on normal mode. Easy depending on if you really want the story. And that's a whole other challenge idea quest idea i can get into if we wanted to but let's not worry about that right now because you're not right down normal i'm thinking some of those bosses some of those enemies i thought i'm like man i don't want to fight those in hard mode let me just see if i can just beat this last boss on hard mode to unlock the true ending actually you can do that as long as you beat the game on hard mode you get the true final boss but no the better answer your question though still gameplay was perfect it had its flaws it has its bugs I almost felt like i was playing mario 64 at some points because like i was fighting with the camera Camera angle at times was just tough to cooperate. Learning how to sprint up a tower or something was frustrating to learn. Combat, all I can tell people is don't get too involved with all the skills you unlock. You have from the start of the game is basically enough to beat the game and enjoy doing it. The graphics were beautiful. The story was great. The way they set it up at the end, basically set up for a sequel. 
We got a lot of free DLC coming, which is great. And now the word great has lost all meaning to anyone listening to this because I've said it so many times already. All right, so we had last question of the show. What has been your favorite feature on Channel 3 so far? This was the question I've been dreading. <laughs> I, will say that, I will say that because there's a lot of them. You've got the ability to go live, like advertise that you're live, and it's just right there at the top. You've got the quest. You've got lists. You've got the games. And to be quite honest, I could not think of an answer. So I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to say the ability to go live and it be at the top. Say that. And that's because you don't anywhere else unless you're live on Twitter or you're live on Facebook. Where else do you see that you're live on a different website, on a different platform? You don't. So I think that's probably one of, maybe not the best, maybe not the greatest, but one of the neatest. I will say that. Yeah, we're, we're in the midst of the automated functions of that improving as well with the the jay davies work in the background there i mean that's even cooler to see it was one thing to be able to click and say hey i'm live over here but now it's just done for you and i know and i know there's a lot of great improvements so that's such a hard question because you got people like joel and davies who are working in the background all times for looking for new improvements new features everything like that so i think i think that question should be better worded favorite feature so far his favorite feature period. They, they, they keep so coming. Far. They keep coming. It, it surprises to us too. Sometimes Joel just says, "Hey, by the way, there's something new." And sometimes he won't tell us, and we'll be like, "Hey, did you change this?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot I changed it." But yeah, good job seeing it. I also want to say just like the minor, minor um, aesthetic changes that you see with every season. That's really cool too. That's a really nice feature as well. You mentioned that one. That was that one. Actually, I am a sucker for those small things. So let me change my answer. I'm going to say that one. I'm going to change yeah, my like, answer. Just, just, just the little, uh, little things. Changes the yes. Little things in life. There we go. And with that right there, the little things, we're going to close another episode of the podcast that you could find at c3.gg slash podcast. Thank you, Trash Talk, for being a part of this. You can find the show that drops every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. I am L. Ray. Dan Tucker puts this all together. Executive produced by Joel Willis. Have a good day, everybody. Welcome, crew, to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we take a member of the Channel 3 community, pull up three games, and discuss... Oh, God. See, this is where... Someday <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this, this introduction... Is- this it's is not, why we have the ex, that's why we have the after credits show. Yeah, see, like the thing is, I'm in my head. I can't ever figure out. Like, I feel like I got a really good like for the quest introduction. I feel like I got a flow for that. I can't figure out how to introduce this freaking show. The casting couch there. How's that? How's that been? Um. <laughs> um. I think Dan and I need a second. <laughs> you want me to ask that question again? Because I realized it afterwards. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to ask it again. Uh, I'm going to ask that question me. again because I, I, I went with a limit, an alliteration, but we'll go with a different one. So you've been, you've, I don't know. I just watched Dan just like fall backwards. I don't have Dan screen up. So when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that doesn't. I'm gonna ask that question again. So you've been doing. Have you ever watched Impractical Jokers? Yeah. 
Have you ever I, seen Sal fall down laughing? That's just what Dan did up here. I'm, <laughs> I'm tearing. I'm tearing up. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I am tearing oh, up. I laughed so hard. Oh, it's it's so late. Oh, that was great. So you've been doing. Can we, um, we just keep this whole portion in the podcast? Oh, it's oh, going. So it's, it's going at the end. This is this is the absolute going at the end. This is the blooper section. Nice. This is accurate.